if if it is recorded that uh, HIV and AIDS is rampant along the lake region, it is true, and it's brought by sex for fish practices. And now I think I've unpacked how sex for fish relates or leads to high high rate of uh, HIV and AIDS. Can also link this with the teenage pregnancy, which is also very high. Stick Your Neck Out, the weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. Lake Victoria is the economic, social and ecological basis for 40 million people in East Africa. Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda and Burundi depend on Lake Victoria, the most important freshwater reservoir in the region. Its basin is internationally recognized for the high levels of freshwater species, diversity and endemism. The shores of Lake Victoria in western Kenya bustle with wooden fishing boats competing for space, full of the morning catch of catfish or tilapia. The fishermen bargain with those waiting in line to buy, the majority of them women. They hope to make a small profit at the local market, but in this part of Kenya, the transaction between fishermen and female market sellers is rarely a financial one. Welcome to Stick Your Neck Out, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I am Jean-Pierre Aguirre-Durañona and my guest today is Kavin Odera, 2018 Cantari graduate. Kavin has a bit of a scratchy voice due to the fact that uh, what he witnessed made him speechless for the first seven years of his life. Welcome, Kavin. Thank you, Jean-Pierre. Dear listeners, Kevin comes from Homa Bay County, a town on the Kenyan shores around Lake Victoria. In this area, women are mercilessly exploited. Along Lake Victoria, the fish business is divided by gender. Men own boats and go fishing. Women buy fish from them to sell at the market. Kevin, there is a common practice known in Kenya as Jaboja. What is this about and what does it have to do with your voice loss? Uh, once again, thank you, Yampa, for this opportunity. Of course, you are very welcome. Yeah, it's d- indeed true that uh, uh, Lake Victoria uh, cuts across uh, East Af- Eastern African region. And it's also true that it is the main source of fish of uh, income in uh, Kenya, mostly where I'm coming from. And uh, I want to take you uh, back a little bit to my short story as to why my scratchy voice is still here till to date. Uh, when I was born, I was still very young and I was born out of wedlock. And uh, I used to live with my grandmother. Why? Because my mother got married to my father who did not accept me as his son. Oh, that's sad. During this period, I couldn't speak. I was numb. So everything that I could tell, I would use my legs, my 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 hands, and uh, showing people and all there. And people used to laugh at me. And so when I was uh, uh, I could I could speak now. I my mom took yeah my mom took me back, and uh, then they accepted me. So I lived there, and that is when I realized the business that my mom was doing. Eh? Uh, I came to realize that they were very poor, they didn't have money. Now, when you talk about jaboya or talk about sex for fish, it is generally a gender-based violence because these women are not doing this willingly. So my mother became a victim. She had sex with uh, several uh, fishermen just to make a survivor. 
because my dad uh, was uh, a perennial drunkard and uh, he wasn't able to take care of the kids or the family. And so this is this is how my mother contracted HIV in 2004. They all died. By the, by then I was 12 years old. And so after their death, life became unbearable for me. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. And uh because I like I told you I said earlier that I was born out of wedlock. Eh? And so my grandmother uh the community, the clan, the village elder the, the relatives, they couldn't accept me. So then I left home and I went to the streets of Kisi. And uh, that's how I started surviving on, in streets and uh, eating from the dust cans, sleeping on the streets in cold and uh, doing manner of things. The only thing that I didn't do uh, was I didn't engage myself into immorality behaviors. Later on in 2006, I got this woman who took me, cleaned me up, took me to school, uh, clothed me, and uh, I became somebody. Ten years down the line, after the death of my parents, my sister, who was also left to take care of us, also went through the same, same trench where um, what my mom, my mother, my mother did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. She also uh, got fish through exchange of sex and all that with the fishermen. And uh, she died. And so we were left just like that. So after I grew up, I grew up these things started haunting me that a lot of women, many women and girls, are going through the same, same problem that my mother and my sister went through. Then what can be done so that they can also get live a life that is legit and comfortable where they cannot offer sex to fishermen and contracting HIV and AIDS and all that. Eh? And uh, I wrote something about my life. That is now I'm bringing you to a journey how uh, my social uh, life began eh? and how I started bringing a social change to our community to assist women and girls. And so after writing a, a story to Kantari, and I got shortlisted. I tried once and I failed because I was I was not competent and I was not consistent in whatever thing that I was saying. Yes, I was having the problem in me, but how to put it, uh, how to put it uh, together to package it did not work out for me in the first attempt. And now the second attempt, uh, I qualified and I got a scholarship to Kantari. That was in 2018. April and 2018 December I graduated because I already got what I wanted I already became a Kanthari so that I could come back and spike and catalyze and bring the change that I wanted to to see in my community this is a really a really nice thing I mean first of all I'm really sorry um, to know what uh, that that you lost both your mother and sister to these circumstances but at least um, you find a way to to go through and 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 you know to try to bring this social change in in the community um I wanted actually I wanted to ask you something uh, but first of all I'm gonna give the listeners a little bit of background the fishing industry is the primary source of employment for men and women in the surrounding communities. 
But fishing has been a male-only profession. Men do the fishing and women sell the catch. We had that already. In the 70s, a new practice arose. Fishermen shamelessly began to exploit women's poverty and instead of money, they demanded sex to pay for fish. You fight for the dignity of the women in your region through your Fisherwoman Academy. How are you doing that? Uh, yes, uh, I am a man. And uh, I equally believe that I understand how men tick. And so after African Ferry, I decided to start like this Fisherwomen Academy called Wanawake Wavuvi Kenya, or in English, Fisherwomen. Okay. The name was suggested because we wanted to change the narrative, a perception in people and also in men that women cannot do some jobs like fishing, fish farming, and boat building and all that. Eh? So, being that I grew here, I grew here, and uh, I have enough experience uh, after seeing what my mom went through, what my sister went through, and uh, what other other women and girls are going through even to date, then uh, I decided like if women, if these women who are offering sex for fish are trained and we build their capacity, we build their confidence and we build their teamwork, I think they can do something. And uh, this was just but a dream. And uh, when I came back from Kantari, I started doing exactly this. Uh, because I'm a man, I, I put women uh, forward to be the leaders. And for me, I just, I'm just working there to champion men so that they can come along and work closely with women. Good up, man. Put up. <laughs> this organization is not that old. It's just two and a half years. And today, I want to tell you that uh, we have like we have trained around 365 women in fish farming, boat building, and some others. Uh, and also, we've trained young girls about 65 in other areas. So it is not only fish uh, training them on fish farming, but we are also training them on other areas so that we can decongest people who are handling fish and uh, that is buying and selling of fish. And only if you do that, then we are going to reduce HIV rates, uh, new cases rates along Lake Victoria. And also we are going to reduce poverty, which is really interfering with people's uh, living standards. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, HIV incident is highest in the beach communities along Lake Victoria. Studies show that jaboja or sex for fish is a major driver of HIV AIDS in your region. What is the relation between the sex for fish economy and the HIV? Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. The question is well put and it is true. There's a, a big relationship between uh, jaboja or sex for fish and HIV and AIDS. I will unpack it and put it this way. Uh, you know, if you draw a, a tree and we have the problem that is the roots and we go, uh, we have the trunk and we have the, the, the branches and now the branches act as the cause of the problem and now the problem now is the roots. So now the problem here is poverty. Uh, uh, poverty comes in because a number of women did not go to school. Why? Because we are living in a community where uh, uh, educating a woman it's like a taboo why because when you that is that was way back way back when before even i was born my mom didn't go to school because of this thing that i'm saying today 
uh, when you educate a woman or a girl, the community will say that uh, that is it's like you are educating a mongoose. So women or girls used to be referred to as a mongoose. And because a mongoose, you cannot keep a mongoose uh, as a domestic animal. Because okay, when you keep it today, <laughs> yeah, you're going to feed it. <laughs> and, and later on, it's going to go outside there to the bush to look for other, 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 other wild animals or, I don't know, other food to, to eat, to, to, uh, to feed on. And so they only say that uh, instead of educating a girl, then I can just educate, uh, educate my boy because my boy will always be here. He will not get married. He will not go away. He will stick here by me. And so this very act, it has really given a very negative result in our today's life. Where we find like we have many women and you will believe and you will agree with me that women are the backbone of the economy in every community, in every country. Of course. If it's not, <laughs> yeah. And so if you have a number of women who are not educated, and these are the women who are struggling to see like their kids are getting food, their kids are going to the hospital, and their kids are getting their basic need that is needed. And that woman is not educated because of some cultural or tradition beliefs then we are killing the economy. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. Yeah, so poverty, if poverty is number one here, and we have this woman here wants to go get food, just the same as my, mama, my mother did, and she doesn't have money, the only weapon that she will use is sex. And this, woman, this man, who is a fisherman, will lure this woman to, to get sex, and so that this woman can get fish. And Mark you, sometimes you can offer both. You can offer sex and also you can offer money for the same fish. And so a majority of sex that are done are unprotected. And remember, it is not done by only one partner. These women are having multiple partners and these fishermen are also having multiple partners. This is how HIV and AIDS spreads. Yes, of course. You have you have like a huge chain of bad things happening. Yeah, yeah. And and so if if it is recorded that uh, HIV and AIDS is rampant along the lake region, it is true, and it's brought by sex for fish practices. And now I think I've unpacked how sex for fish relates or leads to high high rate of. Uh, HIV and AIDS can also link this with the teenage pregnancy, which is also very high. Well, luckily, you have your Fisher Women Academy, um, and with your academy, you want to give the women and not only women, also teenagers and mothers direct access to fish. How can I picture a training at Wawa? Giving giving women uh, a direct access to fish. And number one, like I said, we are just two or three years old. Uh, we started this academy and uh, we are doing it. We go down there and talk to women who are really willing. You know, you can do assessment by just seeing and seeing how women struggle. Huh? And then you talk to them through the help of BMU, that is Beach Management Unit. And then you get these women and you tell them, ah, why can't we do something? Do you want to get your own fish? Do you want to know how to ride the boat? 
do you know do you want to know how to cast the net and also go there and get the fish and because of the problem that they are going through they are readily willing to do that so after getting them then our work is just to write proposals and uh, if one goes through then we pitch well and uh, then we pick these women who are really willing to do this and uh, we take them through the program and uh, our curriculum we, we give it a name hope step and jump so in hope stage uh, women comes and they interact with others uh, they build their confidence the teamwork in step that is where we go to the actual training of if it's uh, going to do the fishing going into the lake with the boat then this is where you teach them how to row the boat how to cast the nets how to do everything that is necessary for you to get the fish inside the lake and above all they must be taught how to swim just in case there is any accident in the lake yeah. uh, and so when that stage that is step stage is done then they now jump so jumping is like they are jumping out of poverty they are jumping out of sex for fish they are jumping out of hiv and aids and now they are readily confident and they are ready to do their marketing get their fish do their marketing and they come very spicy out and there <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's this project and uh, we trained 15 women in fish farming where they can now access fish uh, through uh, rearing of fish that is it goes like for 7 months then you have your ready big fish for you to go and sell uh we also we are still also writing this year writing proposals on uh, fish cage farming we call it floating treasure initiative okay yeah i don't know whether you uh, you've come across uh, floating fish cage farming no no i didn't i didn't so you can explain a little bit about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so floating fish cage farming this is where you go and nest uh, a fish home inside the lake uh you nest it you it's it's a, a bit uh interesting because you are going to build a, a home for the fish inside the lake okay and your work is to ensure that the those fish do not go outside or mixes with other fish outside there or you make sure that there is no any entrance or penetration of the other fish inside the lake coming inside the uh, the nest and you can only do this by using the net that is not uh, cannot be penetrated so easily by other fish and then you feed them for a period of uh, between 7 to 8 months then you have your fish uh, this is uh, done because of uh, when you do when you rear fish inside the lake which uh, number one you are go not going to offer much because there is readily oxygen for fish inside the lake uh because that is where fish lives and so the only thing that you are doing is just you are just uh restricting their movements and also providing them uh, with food and so this will this one will make them grow even more faster than compared to other fish yeah? and so then uh the diseases are there but not so very much uh as compared to in in some other areas because we are dealing with uh, 
uh, soft water. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is how you get your fish, uh, far from uh, doing some other things like sex for fish and the rest. It's a better solution than fish for sex. Kevin, you focus on intensive training, on inner motivation as well as on value creation through work. Let's talk a bit about that. We, are, we, are, we focus very much on intensive uh, uh, training. And uh, I want to tell, tell you that uh, when we are doing our trainings, you will start by training a woman on how to get fish. Uh, and it will take time. For fish to mature takes a bit. Uh, it's take, it, it takes long, like uh, about seven to eight months. Now, how is this woman going to behave or to survive for this period Uh, when the fish is not mature. Mm-hmm. At that point, we bring in something called uh, table banking. I don't know whether you've, under, you've come across that, table banking. Yes, I did. Just to explain for our listeners who maybe uh, are not yet there, uh, table banking is uh, a mode of um, banking. It's like a community bank where women comes and they loan and they go, they do their businesses and they bring back the money with some small interest, like let's say, for example, 10% for these women to boost and to keep on like adding up uh, for their own benefit. Mm, sounds good. Yeah, when we are doing our trainings, in our budget, we have to add uh, this thing called table banking so that before the fish matures, then that is done. They can do their small businesses as they are waiting for fish to mature. There's a lot of fish that no one can sell and no one can buy all of them then can we have like something to uh, to do with value addition you know i'm just asking you yampe if you've ever tried <laughs> if you have you ever tried uh, a samosa do you know samosa yes i know samosa but i've never yeah yeah i i, I tried them i tried them <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have you ever tried a samosa made of fish no no only only made of um, vegetables and and beef yeah 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 <laughs> but i so, think i can imagine if the, if it's made of fish is um it can be quite tasty right <laughs> so uh, this is one area that we we also want to focus on uh if, even though we've not tried to do it it is it's a value addition for the fish so that we have we create like more jobs for very many women but not just to congest many women in just same job and it's only just fishing or fish farming no we also have to look uh, be creative and look for any other avenue so long as it's something to do with fish okay there's also a gender violence recovery center at your organization am i right yeah uh, uh I would want to say that at the moment we don't have any gender violence recovery center, but we only have like the academy where we are training the women. Okay, I want to put it this way, because if you if you talk about gender violence recovery center, it means like we have like a, a home for women where when they face like some problem with the husbands or the people outside there, then they will run and stay here for quite some time as we continue to... Uh, follow the issue and uh, make uh, uh, follow the issue and even uh, go to court and do all that. Eh? Mm. We still don't have that space. The only space we have is only for training. But we are partnering with some other people who are they are working in Nairobi, still very far, uh, and they don't even offer homes for these women. So if we can have like a gender recovery center where it's just like a home, that is 
our idea, rough idea, that is the vision of Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that we are talking with someone who is who is the vision bearer. Yeah. So our vision is this. I don't know whether you can buy the idea. Yes, of course, I, I can, <laughs> I can. I mean, it sounds really like a really great impact you are creating over there, even though you don't have the physical gender violence recovery center, but all everything else you have is like really, really, I mean, it's amazing. So if I understand correctly, your key projects areas are women empowerment, household, economic strengthening, child protection, health and nutrition. What makes Wawa, the first Fisher Women Academy, different from other initiatives working in the prevention of this practice? Oh, Yampa, there is no any other organization doing what Wawa is doing currently. There isn't. There isn't. There's no any organization that is training women on how to get fish and how to add value on that fish and how to do table banking before fish is mature. Yeah, because I've I, I, doing my research actually, yeah. I I've learned from um, from this initiative in Niamwara Beach, uh, also in Kenya. Yeah, it's, it was I, I read an article about uh, about the women who was who was trying to do some. Uh, kind of the same work, but not the same, of course. Yeah. Um, and I actually wanted to ask you if you are cooperating with them. Yeah, the Nyamware, I know where Nyamware is. Actually, that is where I, I was raised. You heard me talking about my grandmother to, taking care of me. It is next to Nyamware there. Yes. And so uh, it, that is now in Kisumu County. And we are in Oma Bay County, and we also have Migori County, and we also have Siaya County. Those are four counties bordering Lake Victoria. Okay. So in Oma Bay County, there is no any other organization doing what we are doing today. But once in a while, we go outside there, like in Kisumo County, we have uh, this organization which they're purely empowering women on table banking. So we call them, oh, what can we do? Can we teach our women how to do like uh, table banking and all that? So when you want to train women, we call them because they are very specialized in doing that. They have women who have been trained. And um, for fish farming, uh, we only have like uh, some organization still in Kisumu who they only train women. Okay, they gave women uh, boats. And then they they told women, like, these are your boats. Now you can see what to do with them. And you know what these women did? Uh, they just took the boats and they employed men to take care of the boats. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. so which means, like, the problem was not solved. No, of course not. It was never solved. So it's like you are asking for fish and you're giving me fish. Huh? You should teach me how to get that fish by myself, huh? So that I don't go on and uh, asking asking for that fish one uh, over and over again. But uh, the issue you are talking about, we are still, you know, we are still exploring uh, to see like how many people can we partner with. But so far, we've partnered with many many organizations like Amref, Amref now. But it's, that is now for. Uh, did you did you hear me talk about teenage pregnancies? Yes, yes. You 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 said it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned it before. Yeah, that is also it. It is also a cause of uh, it comes as a result of sex for fish. Huh? So where you find like women, like uh, I, I'm a mother and I feel like I'm tired or I'm sick today, and I have my daughter who is a grown up and I can send her to go to the lake and get fish, and just like a routine. Oh. Uh, before you get fish, and this girl, she's pretty. Uh, 
sorry, I sometimes I talk things because I need the community to hear me out. So I will always talk. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> always, Don't worry. <laughs> I will always talk like sexual and reproductive health issues in depth that maybe I mean I may not say here on radio because I don't know. Uh, so yeah. uh, uh, you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this daughter will go and uh, have sex with uh, the, the fisherman and you know she's still going to school huh? and the sex is unprotected and this girl gets pregnant and they approached us and uh, we are going to roll a project called Power to Youth or PTY okay adolescent girls and young women on how they can they can this uh, teenage pregnancy can end in any other cultural practices so we are still exploring and today uh, we have a group of young women uh, who used to sell fish and they said like they approached me and they said that ah Kevin we don't want to do fishing anymore can you get us something else to do then i asked them what do you want to do <laughs> that's great that's great because that's exactly that's exactly what i wanted to ask um <laughs> ask next um, because you were talking about uh, you know women who are doing fishing and people i mean everything you do has to do with fishing and so on but what about these women or those women who cannot fish themselves because of the lockdown in times of corona or just simply because they don't like fishing what are you doing to help also these these women yeah i'm uh, pretty sure like in our website you've seen like uh, soap making there are some women who are making like the handwork and all that eh? <laughs> in our website <laughs> so uh, we started this project last year it's called uh, diy or do it yourself uh with we, we sat down and th thought about something like, ah, why are people using internet in a bad way? Why can't we engage them and use it in a positive way? Must people watch bad things? Uh, why must, must people abuse themselves on social media and all that? And so we forced women, all of which some of them are old and some of them, uh, they don't even understand what internet is all about. And because in our office, we have one desktop and that can be connected Uh, with uh, an internet. So uh, these women came to us and asked us, Kevin, uh, I think we are tired with fish business. And then asked them, what do you want to do? Uh, then they told me anything that you can do that will give us money. And I gave them like a one week to go and decide on what they want to do. And then they came back to me after one week. That shows like how dedicated they, they, they were. Uh, So they came back after one week and they told us that we want to do something like fashion design. And uh, I don't know I was born in, in as much as I was, I, I could speak for my, in my first seven years, I think God gave me brains to think and do things. I just realized last year that, <laughs> <laughs> last year that I can be a good carpenter. <laughs> and, and today, not today, last, uh, this month, I'm just realizing that I, I, I can also be a good tailor. <laughs> yeah, you see, you're discovering yourself. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we started training them on 12th. That was in, 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 in man, on Monday in fashion and design. So I don't know whether you know Ankara. Do you know Ankara? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so Ankara is a, a traditional African attire. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
now we are fusing uh, Ankara when you want to make curtains, the window curtains. Okay. Yeah, and we also fuse Ankara to make the beddings, the bed sheet and all oh, that. Okay. And the, yeah, and the pillowcases and throw pillows and all that. Huh? It looks sexy and lovely when you when it's all done. <laughs> <laughs> so we started training nice. them. <laughs> we started training them on that, like uh, on on Monday, and they are the training will take like about two months. And uh, they're done. So because I am not so professional, we have to bring in someone who can teach them at a at a fee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, that funding was given to us by there's a friend of mine. When I was pitching my problem uh, in uh, Bangalore in India, he, yeah, he donated about a uh, thousand US dollars. So he did this in 2019. He did this in 2020, and he also did this in 2021. A thousand euros is called thousand thousand uh, seller, uh, and uh, we also uh, have uh, other projects like uh, going into internet and seeing what you can do, uh, recycling uh, the tire car tires uh, into tables, uh, coffee tables. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, so we're recycling them uh, into coffee tables, and people are buying. And all stuff. So we are doing a lot of things. Oh, there's one thing that I'm forgetting. How ca- could I uh, forget? Uh, we also have women uh, because uh, you know, you know, water hyacinth. No, I'm not sure. Water hyacinth. Uh, this is it's a it's like a weed that grows into the lake. Eh? It grows in the lake, and uh, it's really suffocating the aquatic life. It's suffocating the okay. fish. Yeah, and so it's uh, a menace. So we decided, like, what can we thought? Because many people came up with the idea, and in Oma Bay County, there is no one who is taking the initiative seriously. So we decided to bring women on board, and so we are recycling water hyacinth. We take them, and we are making furniture out of it. Uh, if you oh. know papyrus reeds... That's quite innovative. <laughs> you know papyrus reeds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papyrus, pa- papyrus reeds, yeah. So... Have you ever seen any furniture made of papyrus reeds? Mm, no, I don't think I have. I'll, I'll show you some on uh, on WhatsApp, huh, so that you can have a clue please do that. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. So uh, that is the journey. Uh, that is what Wawa has been doing. The only thing that we are lacking, we need a space. All those things that have for you to have academy, you must have a space where I started by show, telling you like how we want Wawa to look like. So this is Wawa. Wawa is built at uh, the shore of the lake. Huh? We don't want fancy uh, structures. We don't want those. It wouldn't fit to the maybe wouldn't fit to the to the whole you know to the whole yeah. view. So yeah, to the whole yeah. We don't want fancy things. So we uh, we have Wawa built along the shores of the lake, and we have some floating floating arts. Floating arts on top oh, of the it lake. sounds so nice. <laughs> on, <laughs> it on sounds so of, nice. Yeah. I will gladly take an airplane <laughs> right now and, and 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 go there to have a look at it. Yeah, that is what we want to. What we, well, that is our vision. What we want to have. We don't have it right currently. It's a really nice vision, and like I said before, it's a lot, a lot to take. It's a lot what you are doing. So, um, how are the barriers to the fishermen's communities? I imagine not everyone is happy about your engagement, isn't it? Yeah, when I started, not everyone was happy, but there again, it depends on the approach. Uh, because uh, number one, uh, we I start by talking to men, 
because like the commun- every community, they believe that men are the gatekeepers of every community. So when you want to get into any community, uh, fisher community, you must get through them first. So I honored that, and that is what we are doing. So we get through the community, through the BMU. You had me mentioning BMU, that is Beach Management Unit. So you go to talk, to, you talk to them, you sit them down, you have a meeting, a serious meeting. If you have like some allowance of 500 shillings or 1,000, you give them, they will really appreciate. They will honor the project. So in some areas you go and you sit them down and they say like, can we also join? Because what you're doing is good. But then again, even if you, even if you can't join, but we really appreciate because you are helping our women because these women are the backbone of the economy of, of this community. So the moment they respect that and they value it and they own the project, then you don't have any problem. You will go all the way. Yeah, but how, how do you manage to include the fishermen in also changing their mindsets without questioning their manhood? Yeah, we, we involve them in a number of things. Number one that stands out for me is uh, involving them in training the same women we are talking about here. Like, let's say, for example, uh, this woman wants to be a fisherwoman and uh, me, Kevin, I don't know how to go get fish. Perhaps maybe I don't know how to row the boats, how to cast the net. But there is a man down there who usually does this, and she, he knows how to go get fish, how to row the boat. And we can use that person, that fisherman, to come and train these women. That is, you are, that, that number one, you're going to solve a problem where they will say like, oh, women, we don't want you here. No, no, no. When you get them to train, they will own the project. Number two, uh, because women sometimes, they cannot go there alone because they're, they're still not sure whether they're doing the right thing, whether they are safe inside there. So you take the same, same fishermen to accompany them. Women will do their things and men are also, also doing their things like the security and all that. And so women see like what men are doing. And so they work together as a, a people. They work together to get to achieve the common goal. That is number two. And when you do number one and number two, then you will get a direct access to a, a community where men dominate and they think like they own the project, they own everything there okay okay so that uh, sounds like a good plan have you um or is have wawa been threatened daring to interfere in this vicious cycle no 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 we haven't been threatened we have not been threatened that's great actually every everyone loves the project and they all always they want me to go give them the they, you know in every we have beaches like we have uh, about uh 300 uh 365 beaches in, in Homer Bay alone. Huh? And so when you go to this beach, because you can't go to every beach, when you go to this beach, the beach management unit wants you to, like, uh, you want, they want you to stay there and continue working with women. And so because they know each other, and so you are being called to go to another beach. And you know, you also have like uh, uh, issues of resources. You can't do everything at the same time. Yes, of course. And so people they really want us yeah, they really want us to go work with them. But then again we don't have enough 
resources, enough personnel. We don't have enough time, of which it is not enough to everyone. <laughs> we don't have enough money to go do that because for us to go train, we have uh, refreshment. We need like training facilities and all that. So, Kevin, since I first get in touch with you and I started doing my research, I wanted to to ask you, why do you of all speak up for those who can't speak yet? <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've even answered it already. You <laughs> say you you are the question was well asked, but I uh, thank God you've answered it because you are asking why am I speaking up for those who can't speak? Uh, definitely because uh, I first felt it uh, when I couldn't speak and I really wanted to speak. You know, you I, I don't know whether it's only me. Sometimes you sleep and you dream. I don't know whether it's a nightmare or what. I don't know. You sleep and you feel like someone is strangling you and you want to scream, you want to sleep, but there is nothing coming out. Just to wake up and find like you are just dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in that position. I really wanted to speak. I really wanted to express my feelings. I really wanted to express what I was going through. Imagine a scenario where you really want to pee, but you can't tell anyone. You really want to poop. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell anyone. How can you? You know, surviving in this way, it's, 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 it does, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. You have a point. You really want to show someone that this is what I mean. This is what I want to say. This is what I want you to do. But you'll only do it through uh, pointing or, I don't know, even beating. I don't know. So many people outside here, they really want to do something. But always there's someone or something in the community that is surprising them. So when you take my scenario, my issue of being numb and that I could speak, we have many women outside there because of patriarchy. In, in their patriarchal nature, the society which is very patriarchal and the men and all that, they want to speak up. They want to do things. They want to row the boat. They want to challenge all the cultural and the societal norms that are affecting their well-being. But they couldn't do that. Something must be done. I have to use my problem. Like I always tell people, what does not kill you, it makes you only stronger. <laughs> and I want to believe that. <laughs> yeah, I want to believe that. Uh, yeah, that's... Definitely. Life gave me a lemon. Uh, going to the street, having your parents both dead, like when you were still young, and uh, I faced a lot of things. I didn't even know that one day I will even border a flight and go to India. I didn't know. So everything that is happening in my life is like a miracle. And maybe, I know perhaps you will invite me to go come and uh, meet with you one-on-one -on -one and tell you all these things that I'm telling you. That is a plus. <laughs> that is a plus. So life, <laughs> life gave me a lemon and I made a lemonade out of it. And so <laughs> how can I use that lemonade not to brag and have like fancy cars and a fancy house and fancy clothing and all that and help like... I, help some women to achieve their dreams because they can't speak where they are today maybe because they are poor maybe because they don't have people who can fight for them and Kevin is already 
always very ready to fight for them, both economically, politically, socially, and all that, all, all round. I will always be there for them. That's really nice. And I guess that, uh, that also prevents you from being criticized, that you, as a man, want to empower the women in your community. You know, when someone sees you for the, for the first time, they will have their own judgment. I, like I told you, I have like my, a way of doing things. You get women on, on Saturday, on Saturday I was having like these women. They are very old and I go to the lake and get fish, but they want me to train them on how they can mold the, 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 the pot. Okay. <laughs> Some of them want me to train them, train them on how they can, they can meet the, the weaving and all that. Huh? And so just talking to them, getting to know their problem. They were crying when I was leaving them because my three hours was over and I couldn't speak to them anymore. And some of them were crying that we still want to have you. Just talk to us. So people outside there, they will see you as, oh, like you are working with women, you are talking with women. Uh, they don't even know that these women can even allow you to have them as long as you want. So, so, so long as that you are telling them anything that will get them out of the poverty. So what I always do, I don't listen to such, some of them you can listen to them, you listen to all of them, but you choose on what you want to do yeah. because you have the vision, That's the key. you want, you know, yeah, you want, you know what you, what you want in life and you know where you want to go with these women. And um, uh, some husbands, sometimes they come and they talk, they talk, they talk, but then when they come to check on what their women are doing, then they come and embrace me. And some of them even buy me tea. No, when you buy me tea, when you are a man, I will drink. <laughs> Because at least you are <laughs> you, you are embracing and supporting what I, I used to do that you are against. So, Kevin, what is your vision for the for the fisher women? I have several visions for women in Kenya, in Uganda, in Tanzania, in Gambia. Uh, but above all, the one that stands out I would want to see no woman, no woman offering sex to fishermen just to get fish. I, I want to see, yeah, I want to see a community where women and men are working closely together happily to build the nation, to, that they work together to achieve, to help in achieving the SDG. SDGs, you 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 get that? What is that? S S T G. The sustainable the, the the sustainable development goals. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Together, which number one is I think uh, it's uh, uh, elevate poverty elevation and all that. We cannot elevate poverty when we are working in silos. Mm -hmm. That's right. When we are criticizing what women are doing, but we can elevate poverty when we all come together and we work as a team so that we can achieve one objective and one goal as a family. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you again for your time and thank you for sharing your experience with us. Thank you very much, Champer. When Kevin Odeda's parents and oldest sister died of HIV AIDS, he was mocked and discriminated against. This experience eventually triggered his willingness to empower girls and young women. So he created Wawa to equip them with skills to earn sustainable livelihoods without falling victim of sex for fish, a common practice around the lake Victoria. 
Wawa trains these women in everything about fishing, from tying nets, building boats, fishing on Lake Victoria, to fish farming in self-built ponds. More details about Wawa can be found at wawakenya.org. And there we are at the end of the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. You'll find the stories of the Cantari alumni and the giraffe heroes, the stories of people sticking their necks out every Tuesday in Spotify, iTunes, our homepage, and every other place where you get your podcast. And if you subscribe, you don't have to look out for us. We'll be coming to you. Dear listeners, if there is a friend, a family member, an organization, or someone you know who is doing a great work in the community, someone sticking the neck out, just nominate them as a giraffe hero or tell us about them. Come and visit us at giraffe-heroes.eu. My name is Jean-Pierre Aguiar-Durañona and I hope you join us also on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more importantly, I hope you join us again next week. Stick your neck out. The weekly podcast of the Giraffe Heroes Foundation. 